My name is Karen. And my name is Colleen. And this is Books, Movies, and Musicals. Oh Oh my! guys i just want to let you know that we have started streaming our episodes live on twitch so if you want to hear these episodes live and uncut with all the bloopers and all the fun stuff in it be sure to check it out on twitch the links are in the description of this episode additionally that being said if you hear any random names we are probably talking to chat because we are you know taking comments and everything from chat so if you want to be a part of the episode come join us we stream every Sunday afternoon, starting around 1 or 2 p.m. CST. Um, kind of varies week by week as our schedules um, change all the time. But we will let you know on Twitter when we are starting, so be on the lookout for that. All right, enjoy the episode. Welcome back to Our Goblet of Wine is Better, our series about the Harry Potter books, movies, and everything in between. In this episode, we will be discussing chapters 6 and 7 of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. And as always, we want to give a shout out and a thank you to Boom for being our patron and supporting us in this endeavor. (laughs) Thank you, Boom. We appreciate it. Thank you. But I don't think we have, like, anything (laughs) I don't think so, no. Other than join the Discord. (laughs) the Discord. Come hang out with us. Yeah, so I think that's it. Um... I'm just still talking about Goblet of Fire here, the beginning of the book still. Um, and chapter six will be the one that we're starting with right now, which is the port key. I have to say, I yes. I sent Karen a message last night because I was reading these chapters last night. I sent Karen a message, I think like halfway through chapter six. And I was like, Karen, I'm back on my bullshit of taking a million notes again. She is, <laughs> which is not necessarily the most normal because she usually takes i feel like you usually take less notes on the chapters than i do and then you take more on the movies than i do no i think i still take a million notes no matter what oh never mind then (laughs) i think it's usually the first couple of chapters that i don't take so many notes because there aren't there's not a whole lot to talk about there and then once we actually normal amount yeah and then once we actually start getting into things that's when i'm like okay i have to talk about everything (laughs) i stop every five seconds just to write something down (laughs) crazy crazy pants (laughs) yeah but yeah so this is the port key so i mean just based off of the title if you know the book you know that this is literally when they're traveling to the the quidditch world cup so (laughs) that's where we're at right now (laughs) yep (laughs) They wake up really early, though. Like, I don't know what time, though. I don't know either. I want to say um, it's definitely not 2 a.m. Because that's when the diggeries wake up. <laughs> yeah. If anything, it's probably, I don't know, 4 a.m. or yeah. slightly earlier. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, especially since they just walk to the port key. So it's obviously not crazy far from them. They have to walk across an entire village, though. Yeah, that that is a thing, but, you know, so that could just it, be, I, like, a mile or something, you know? Yeah, definitely. I, I I did, like, confuse myself at one point because I was like, okay, wait, how long does it take them 
to walk this because at some point it said something about like the sky getting lighter. Yeah. So I imagined like, oh, sun's coming out, but no, it was just like slightly lighter. Yeah. <laughs> so it, like, it, okay. it could just it could just be like an an hour, um, probably around like I would say four or five ish if the sky is gonna get a little bit lighter. I mean, they travel at five. That's or no, they the we find this out at the end of the chapter, but basically uh their port key arrives at the place it's supposed to go at like 507 i yeah, think if i remember right. correctly so so they they travel they essentially travel the do the port key travel at five ish okay. but they're walking you know if it's at least an hour then they leave the burrow around four yeah yeah that makes sense yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> well anyway they woke up early um and they have to look normal Mm -hmm. like wear like muggle clothes (laughs) that's like the requirement for them to go to this campground (laughs) it's so weird but i'm also like okay understood because it's 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 so it's so weird and so different um like movies versus books i would say because I feel like by this point in the movies, all of the wizards just when they're in just like normal everyday clothes, it's like muggle clothes, essentially. But in the books, they're still like, oh, yeah, I don't know how these muggle clothes work. They wear this, right? Does this look OK? Is this how they wear this? Like they, they don't get it in the books. But in the movies, it's like, ah, nah, they just dress normally. It's fine. See, I don't I don't know. I feel like the movies are way more accurate on this aspect just because joe doesn't specifically say that the wizards always dress in robes that is true and she yes maybe they don't know necessarily what muggles wear but i'm sure that they have more you know comfortable lounge about the house clothes yeah I'm sure they're not just constantly wearing robes. That's fucking weird. Right? I know. I was having the same thought as I was reading, too, and as I was thinking about it. I was like, I mean, I'm sure they have comfortable clothing, but, like, the muggles wear the same things. Yeah. You know? The only thing different is, like, the robes and the cloaks and whatnot that the wizards wear. That's the only thing different. And and I would say, like, probably the symbols that are on their clothes, because I'm sure muggles don't have those. But, like, it's not gonna... I don't... I don't know, because, like, they talk about how they wear, like, sweaters in the books. Yeah. And so, like, if you're wearing a sweater, you're obviously not just wearing robes all the time, okay? Yeah, like, I I feel like, basically, I feel like it should have just been, like, hey, no cloaks, no Mm -hmm. robes, none of these symbols. Like, that's what's ruled out, okay? Like, wear your relatively normal clothing. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, you have these people being like, oh, you know, like, I mean, we get to it, I think, what, the next chapter or yeah. this chapter or something where it's like, oh, you know, the muggles wear, wear this, right? You know, they, they wear a poncho with a kilt, right? Like, no, I mean, th- separately, yes, but not together. It's like, you could have just told them regular clothes, just minus robes, cloaks, and certain symbols. Well, and like, honestly, this is just another way of Joe kind of... um contradicting herself because Mm -hmm. i'm pretty sure in the i don't remember which one it might have been the first or second book but like she talks about how 
Maybe it's not. I don't know. I remember we had this conversation about like Neville having a different outfit on during the movie, but oh, like it's in. I, is it I, in I the think first book. I think it's the first book with the rememberable. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, he gets the rememberal at breakfast and he's like, oh, but I don't remember what I've forgotten. And at his group at the table, he's the only one not wearing a robe. Yes. But in yes. the movie, if you look around the uh, the Great Hall, there's other students not yeah. wearing their robes. Yeah. So like, what? But in the book, <laughs> he's not wearing his robes. So he's got to be wearing something. <laughs> yeah. Like he's yeah. not naked at breakfast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like. Like, wizards wear very similar clothing to muggles. Like, it, that's just how it is. So, I, I don't know. This whole, like, let me harp on this and, and make Arthur look like a, a dum-dum with, like, his oversized, weird-looking clothes. Like, that doesn't make uh-huh. any sense because I feel like they would already have normal clothes. Exactly. Like, even if... Arthur and Molly are eccentric enough to constantly be wearing like muggle robe or not muggle robes but robes. Like I still feel like because of how much Arthur likes muggle stuff, he would understand the clothing thing even more. Right? Yeah, that's that's actually an interesting thing about Arthur. Like he loves muggles. He thinks muggles are super <laughs> interesting and everything, but there are certain aspects that he just doesn't understand for some reason. Like yeah. the clothes. Like he's like yeah. is this okay? And it's like yeah, that's, that's fine. That's good. that's good, I guess. I just, I, I feel like the clothing thing is a problem because if, like, of all things, I feel like that would be the easiest one to understand because it's the same thing as when you're buying clothes for yourself in the Wizarding World. Yeah. You want to make sure they fit. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I, I thought about this too last night. I was like, okay, I understand how clothes might seem, um, like, tricky to make sure you're wearing things right and whatnot because I know, like, if uh, if I if I had to wear clothes from like a different culture, I mm-hmm. might also be like, I don't know if I'm wearing this yeah. right. Am I wearing something wrong? Am I like so? Like I, I do understand the uh, struggle to know if you're wearing something correctly. I can get that. I can understand it. But it's also like you know you, you see muggles and they're just wearing regular clothes. You're like yeah. at least at least in Britain, we <laughs> should be able to figure it out. <laughs> I agree, especially with how close to London so many of them are. That, I the don't fact, know. <laughs> the fact that they have to go to King's Cross Station yeah. to get on the Hogwarts Express. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they should know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I don't know. This is weird. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's very weird. It's it's extremely weird. Um, I think yours is next. Which one specifically? Because I can kind of skip the first two. The parchment one. The parchment one. Okay. I mean, we can can talk about it. It's just a brief little comment. Because I didn't say anything. (laughs) Uh, But, but, like, I think, like, Harry and Ron come downstairs and, like, they see Arthur Weasley holding a leaf of large parchment tickets. And I was like, okay, I'm not really sure what he means by a leaf of large parchment tickets. And secondly, why parchment? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure know. what a leaf would mean because yeah, we don't use that term. Not really, yeah. So I was like, that could mean anything, yeah. really. Maybe it's like a little booklet, or maybe it's like I thought that too. Yeah, a like people sheet. Of yeah, just a bunch of tickets. I had that thought too. I was like, maybe it's a sheet of like tear off tickets or something, or it could be a booklet or a folder because like 
Uh, I know people say like, uh, was it like leaflets or something? Like yeah. that's like a specific, I think it's like a one page thing though. Yeah. Um, so it's like, eh, I don't so maybe know. it is like that. Maybe it is a one page thing of tickets. Maybe. I don't know. But it says tickets <laughs> plural. So I'm like a leaf of large parchment tickets. Maybe they're like tiny tickets because there's a million of them going. I, I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> I also have no clue how big these parchments are, so. It says large, so I'm assuming large. Like, in my brain, they're, like, this big. <laughs> like, they're yeah. huge. I, I have no clue, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That oh, That gosh. is definitely confusing, though. Yeah. Um, I, I did laugh about the next part, because, you know, they're just chatting up, but like while they're waiting for everyone to be ready and leave and stuff and um they start talking about apparating and stuff Mm -hmm. and i honestly forgot they even mention it in this because they don't do anything with apparating in this one but um but literally i forgot that they needed a license to apparate first of all I I knew that they took a class and that they had to like pass a test. I didn't know that that was a test to get a license. I thought that was just a test to make sure that they knew what they were doing. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's what I thought too. Like at first it was like, oh yeah, you have to have a license to operate. And I was like, what? And then I was like, well, actually, no, that kind of makes sense. It'd be like taking a driving class. Well, yeah, that's what I was like. I was like, so it's like driving? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I was like, okay, actually, no, that makes sense, you know? Yeah. I don't, I, I guess I was just more, like, confused that they had to, like, take a test because, like, I thought that it was probably just another spell that was similar to, like, if you're learning Wingardium Leviosa or something, you know? Yeah, exactly. That but was my thought, too. That was my initial thought not. where I was like, it's, it's just like a spell. But then you realize, oh, no, that's, it, it's a mode of transport, it's, you know? It's a driving test. It's a driving test, essentially, you know? Um, and then, you know, they had to go on to talk about splinching and it made me just, uh, I hate splinching. I've always hated splinching. Reading about it makes me like, uh. <laughs> I am like curious about splinching because the only thing I really remember about splinching is in the last book when Ron mm-hmm. gets splinched. Yeah. And so, you know, like he's bleeding, he's in pain, whatever. And Mr. Weasley mentions something about, uh, like some like students or like teenagers who hadn't passed their test yet or something who got splinched and they left half of themselves behind and I was like are they dead apparently not but nope (laughs) uh I feel like they should be dead well and that brings into the question so when Ron gets splinched they just heal him up but does that mean that his skin that came off is still where they were (laughs) <laughs> I have no idea. I'm th- pretty sure that's what Arthur says happens, but like he made it sound like when you get splinched, you literally are stuck until someone comes to save you. That's that's actually a good point. I never thought of like like Ron in particular in the last book. I never thought of it as like leaving like parts of himself behind or something. Because I, I always thought of it just like he got cuts, like large cuts or something. But I guess it would make sense that if you get splinched, a part of you is left yeah. behind. Yeah. That that actually makes sense. Because I think that's the whole point of what splinching is. is like part yeah. of you gets left behind because you didn't like properly plan for it or whatever. Like didn't make the 
Yeah. I don't I don't know what you have to do to apparate, honestly. I haven't read that part of the book in a long time, so don't ask Same. me. I'm not an expert right now. <laughs> I will be when we read about it, maybe, yes. possibly. <laughs> but, like, I can't promise you I know the rules. I just, I feel like there's supposed to be, like, a... Like, I know you have to picture the plays. You have to, like, turn around, like, yeah. three times or something or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, like, I'm, like, I, I definitely remember you have to picture the place. Yes. I know that. And I know there was something to do with three. Like, maybe it's, like, walk back and forth three times or something. I don't remember. That sounds familiar, yeah. But you might also be thinking of room That of could be the room of requirement. But maybe <laughs> she did it for both. Because I feel like there was maybe? something with a three for apparating, too. I can't remember. We'll can't have either. to f- we'll have to figure it out when we get there. <laughs> Isn't that the fifth book? Sixth, I think. Sixth. Okay. Well, whatever it is, we're gonna find out. Yeah. It'll be yeah. a while, probably. I, so. <laughs> I, I mean, I still have questions about this. The the like two people, whatever that Mr. Weasley mentioned, that left half yeah. themselves behind. I feel like they should be dead. I also feel like they should be dead. Um. I don't understand how you survive that if you're like I don't, split in half. Hold on, I can't even find that particular thing that Mr. Weasley says because he, like, he essentially is just kind of like, oh yeah, they left half of themselves behind. You know, we we got them fixed up though, and you know they were fine. Yeah. Uh, I found it. Okay. Uh, they left half of themselves behind," said Mr. Weasley, now spooning large amounts of treacle onto his porridge. So, of course, they were stuck. Couldn't move either way. Had to wait for the accidental magic reversal squad to sort them out. Meant a fair old bit of paperwork, I can tell you. What with the muggles who spotted body parts they'd left behind. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Harry had a sudden vision of a pair of legs and an eyeball lying abandoned on the pavement of Privet Drive. Were they okay? He asked, startled. Oh, yes, said Mr. Weasley, matter-of-factly. But they got a heavy fine, and I don't think they'll be trying it again in a hurry. You don't mess around with apparition. There are plenty of adult wizards who don't bother with it. Herb rooms slower but safer. <laughs> yep. Oh my gosh. I just ah, it's crazy. I know. Who even came up with splinching? Like, what are you thinking, Joe? What is this? <laughs> right? I mean, like, it, it makes sense, sure, but it's what? just like, what the heck? She's just casually gonna throw some apparating information into this <laughs> book specifically where you don't learn anything else about it, and you're just like, what the fuck is splinching? Yeah. What? <laughs> I, I think it's also interesting that it's like, oh yeah, they were stuck there until help arrived, and I'm like, yeah. Oh, I still feel yeah. like they should be dead, but also, yeah. how were they stuck there? So, I am going to be very interested in, in reading about when Ron gets splinched to see... Oh, I bet the details are going to be completely different. I'm sure they will because she doesn't know what she's doing. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I just want to see how different is my, my thing. Because this mm-hmm. is when she introduces it and she talks about how you're literally stuck until you get fixed. So. Yes. I'm going to go with Ron isn't stuck and they really do just heal him up, which doesn't make any sense because then his skin is left somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They can't just Accio Ron's skin. (laughs) Well, here's the thing too, is that, you know, uh, when, uh, when Ron gets split, you know, Hermione's the one who disapparates, but, uh, you know, the death eaters or whoever were like holding on to them. Like, I guess holding on to Ron specifically maybe. Uh And so Hermione was originally going to go back to, uh, uh, was it Grimmauld 12th place or something? Yeah, but place. they see but it. Because they saw it. On. So if they somehow, yeah. I guess, maybe left them there. So she had immediately go somewhere else. Yeah. So it's like, 
I where where specifically was Ron splinched, I guess. I don't know. But it's bad because they can't go back to that place now that they've seen it. Yeah. That was the whole point of Grimmauld Place is no one saw it, so it was a good hiding spot. But now it's no longer a good hiding spot because people know about it now. Yes, exactly. So, anyway, we're not on book seven. <laughs> no, we're not. No, we're still on book four. <laughs> book four. Um, I also thought it was really funny that Percy failed his first apparition test because I was like, so it really is just like a driving test. Like, I yeah. failed my first driving test. And then I passed it the second time. I was I was really stressed in the first time, though. I think I just <laughs> barely passed the first time. Because I, I know I did awful at parallel parking. And then I was like, and I immediately was like, I think I failed. But somehow I passed. And I was like, I'm going to leave it at that. I, m- <laughs> mine's crazy. Because, like, you know, I failed the first time. Whatever. I scheduled it again to take it again. Practice some more. And then I went to take it. And I ran out of gas. Right? in the parallel parking area so she was like how about this you guys get some gas get your car situation all fixed up I'll take these other people and do their tests and then when I come back we can go do yours and I was like okay so (laughs) we went and got gas and I was like wigging out hardcore so we went and got gas and then we came back and I like practiced the parallel parking thing one more time and when she came back, she was like, okay, just show me, like, the motions that you would do for the parallel parking. Like, she didn't even mm-hmm. ask me to actually parallel park. She was just <laughs> like, do the motions, like, do your yeah. blinker and check your mirrors and everything like you're supposed to when you parallel park. And then we can get going on the test. And I was like, okay. So I did. I was the first person who passed the test that day. <laughs> oh, nice. There were two other people before me. And I was yeah. so scared because I saw one, like, walk out of the building crying. Oh no! And I was like, "Oh no, that's gonna be me." (laughs) Oh god, driver's tests are so (sighs) stressful. They're unnecessarily stressful. I know, but like it, it, (laughs) like it makes sense, you know. It does. (laughs) Like, I mean, you're still probably fairly new to driving, and then you know you like it's a test to make sure you can drive by yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it's Which is a big a deal. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah. It's kind of scary to drive by yourself if you're oh, new to it. But it's also like, well, hey, I want that freedom. <laughs> so it's like, let's do it. Yeah, uh. exactly. So, anyway. <laughs> anyway, this isn't about driving at all. <laughs> this is about operating, guys. Yep. <laughs> we didn't take that test. <laughs> nope. Um, but yeah, I just, I thought it was funny that Percy failed his first test and then, and then they, they mentioned he passed his test two weeks ago. So he's very new to operating correctly. Yeah. But he's been getting a lot of practice because apparently he keeps operating downstairs every morning. So just because he, he can. Just because he can. <laughs> <laughs> Which that it seems crazy now. Because we, we do find out that Percy is going to get to apparate to the World Cup location. Yep. So he's only he's only had his apparating license for two weeks. And now he's going to apparate, not not just from his bedroom to downstairs. That's like an entire floor. Yeah. Now he's going to apparate like hundreds of thousands of miles from as far as I know. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like... I feel like it could be good, though, that he was doing the constant operating down just Mm -hmm. so he can get that practice of being more precise with where he's going, possibly. 
You know what? Here's another thing, though. Because as as we kind of mentioned already, you have to picture the place that you're going. Mm-hmm. How <laughs> does anyone know where to apparate for the World Cup? Yeah, do they know what the campground looks like? Are, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Like, it's not like the wizards have cell phones, so they can't just, like, send Percy a picture of the campground and be like, right, yeah. here. Like, they yeah. don't. They live in, like, medieval times, basically. <laughs> basically, yeah. <laughs> no cell phones for the wizards, apparently. But, like... The wizards don't use phones at all. Yeah. They they use fire and letters with owls. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So... I just, I want to know how Percy figured out where they were going. (laughs) How does he manage to apparate to the World Cup? He's only been doing this for two weeks. Yeah, he's like a little, a little baby driver. He's new. He is. He's (laughs) so new to this. And Um, he's failed before. Are they not expecting him to possibly fail now? I guess. I don't know. (laughs) I want to see him get splinched. (laughs) <laughs> that's so mean I don't know if I would even wish that on, on Percy okay. as I, w- I as wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't wish it on him but I just I feel like he would accidentally get splinched I could just see a little him bit. accidentally just getting a splinched a little bit yeah. yeah but then wouldn't he get stuck so then the magic true. recovery people would have to go save him yes that is true I don't know but um Fred and George <laughs> were, uh, you know, they, they were ready. They were like, we're ready. Let's go. They were really trying to bring their, their tongue toffees and, and Molly was not having it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had several questions about this. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> so I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna read my comments about yes. this, this whole thing. So uh, we, we kind of discussed in the last episode about their toffees because they had one for Dudley and it said they had, there had been noises from the rooms for ages. Mm-hmm. However, we find out here that Fred and George spent six months developing the Tun Tongue Toffees. Yep. So my questions are, what was their plan with them this time? Are they fulfilling orders? Were they trying to make new sales? Uh, what did they think was going to happen if someone or several people tried them while at the World Cup and Fred and George didn't know how to reverse a spell or whatever? Like, what was their plan? Yeah, with the toffees. I'm also curious because I think on some level, like if they were trying to give these to people who didn't know like the possible effects or whatever, couldn't that be considered like an act of terrorism in one way? Because like I they don't so. know how to stop it. <laughs> yeah, I f- I feel like it. I feel like it could be. Like I'm not saying like terrorism, like bombs or anything. I'm just saying like. Just, is that yeah. not an act of terrorism? Like, <laughs> I feel what? like it would be, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was just like, what are they thinking well, here? I, I don't understand. And all of the things that they make are similar in effect. Like, there's one that's like a nosebleed thing. And, yeah. like, are you not going to become, like, iron deficient if you're constantly <laughs> bleeding from your nose? Like, <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. That, like, all they, of yeah. I just, all of their different ones are just so, like, I just, I feel like they shouldn't be allowed to make those. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> I like, like, I, I understand. get in trouble. <laughs> yeah. I understand their intent for them to just be like, oh, just a prank, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, when you really think about it, no. It's not just uh-uh. a prank, guys. <laughs> it's not just a prank. When you really think about it. 
I think we're yeah. cool. Yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I just... I don't, know. Uh, I don't know how Fred and George get away with this. Like, the Wizarding World is just so I archaic. I know. Yeah, that too. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like, oh, yeah, it's fine. Get a taffy that makes your tongue grow yeah. forever. You can have a nosebleed one. You can have one that makes you throw up a lot. It's fine. Yeah, one whatever. that gives you boils, you know, That's, just whatever. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't understand. I don't I, know. Like... <laughs> I, I don't I don't know like I mean every every single like prank or joke uh uh thing like not necessarily just what Fred and George do but I think just mm-hmm. in general like it's really hard to find good ones that people yeah. are actually like okay with yeah they're not they're not great <laughs> yeah um especially well and okay so there's those right those ones that they can use to like get out of class at hogwarts and stuff because that's what we find out later on in the book is what people are using them for but they also have like love potion ones and stuff like oh yeah what how is that okay that's right (laughs) i forgot about that i think those show up not in this one in the fifth one though yeah the fifth one i think but still well, they have to appeal to a larger audience. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, because Fred and George are fifth years this year, right? No, they're six years. Six years. Oh, is is this the year that they leave Hogwarts then? No, it's the next year. Oh, they do leave. Because the next year is their seventh year. Because I know they don't graduate. They literally yeah. just leave. Oh, right. It's during Umbridge. Never mind. Yes. Yeah. Fifth book. Yep. Okay. <laughs> So then maybe the the potions come in the sixth one. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Because I think that's when they go to the shop. But anyway, oh, it doesn't matter. Yeah. They do love potions and they do these. Like, what? <laughs> right. Yeah, how's, right. How is there not, like, a restriction on stuff like this? It's archaic. Yeah. They're in the <laughs> archaic times. There are no restrictions. I hate this. I hate it here. <laughs> Um, but I agree with your, your question about Molly just saying Accio to whatever she wants and it just coming to her. Cause that's not how Accio works. And we learned that later this book. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause Molly's, you know, telling friend George to dump all the toffees mm-hmm. and then, you know, they start doing it and they're like, Oh yeah, that's all of them. Molly's like, I don't think so. So she starts using Accio to get all of them. And all she's saying is Accio. She's yeah. not saying anything else. That's not how it works guys. Yeah. <laughs> pretty sure you have to say Accio, whatever you're looking for. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure that's what Harry learns he has to do when he wants his broomstick later on. Yeah. During the Triwizard Tournament. Just saying, you Just know. Just saying. Just saying. Just as a thing. But anyway. <laughs> so we have, you know, the twins bring those, or they tried to bring them. Molly takes them all, you know. Um, we find out now that everyone is able to leave they've all gathered their group together that they have to go to a certain place where the port key is but they don't know what the port key looks like yeah i had several (laughs) questions about this whole section let's go (laughs) (laughs) okay so first of all how often is the world cup is it is it kind of like the olympics since every four years or like I would feel like it's probably every year, honestly. I don't think it's every four years. 
that's what I would think too, except they say like the ministry has been working on it for months. So is it that like different like ministries or governments uh, in different yeah. countries plan it? Probably, year? probably. Cause I would, I would think that it's similar to like maybe the Olympics, but like putting like basically our football game like the mm-hmm. what's what the whatever it's called i can't remember what it's called anymore. the super bowl putting the super, oh, super bowl, bowl on okay, like yeah. a worldwide scale because the only <laughs> sport they have is quidditch yeah <laughs> so i think it's probably similar to that where instead of it being like held in different different like states or whatever for the super bowl like quidditch is held in like different areas and like different ministries are put in charge of it or something okay yeah that Maybe. makes sense that sounds crazy. It does sound crazy. <laughs> I feel like this should be an every four years kind of thing. It just seems really stressful. <laughs> like, I mean, not only stressful, but like, I feel like that's just a lot of money for anyone and everyone yeah. because like thousands of people show up to these games from mm-hmm. all over. Well, and then so... like the fact that we haven't heard about it before, like... Joe, were you always planning that there would be a Quidditch World Cup? Or did you just randomly decide, hey, you know what? I'm going to put at the beginning of the fourth book, (laughs) a Quidditch World Cup. You know what? It's, it's, you know, the British Ministry of Magic is planning it this year. So now Harry has to know about it. Oh, God. Like, I feel like Harry would have already known he loves Quidditch. Right? Yeah. Ever since he's found out about Quidditch, ever since he started playing Quidditch, he's like, this is awesome. But I, I, I do feel like it's an every year thing, which... yeah. I mean, the Super Bowl does cost a lot of money, so that is I guess true. it's similar to that scale. Like, it could be, like, the world soccer, like, FIFA thing. True, yeah. Too. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> but uh, I also had questions about the tickets. Yes. Because uh, I think Arthur mentions that people with cheaper tickets have to arrive two weeks beforehand. And I was like, what? Why? That seems ridiculous. Like, yeah, you would think, what? You would think that if someone bought cheaper tickets, then they probably don't really have the money to, like, the money or opportunity to take, like, a two-plus-week yeah. vacation just for this. Yeah, I was going to say, like, there's no way someone can take two weeks off of work if they're poor enough to only buy cheap tickets. Yeah, and I mean, not only that, but I think it was mentioned earlier that, like, the the Quidditch World Cup can take, like, over a day it can take like a week you know it can yeah take however long it needs to yeah so yeah because the game's not over until the seeker catches the snitch exactly yeah so it could be as long as possible if the seekers can't catch the snitch <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah exactly so like how uh, why why do these people with cheaper tickets have to arrive two weeks early that's so dumb like I, I can, I guess I can understand on like an organizational standpoint of having to get everyone there because there's yeah. thousands of people. However, it's just it's crazy. Okay, well, and then on the other side, you know, arrive two weeks early. But how how do you even plan to take time off for the World Cup? Right. What What do you estimate the the World Cup is gonna be? How long? I don't how, know. How I... do you even guess that? I think the question is like, what's the average of how long the World Cup actually lasts? Yeah, for? if it's if it's like 
three days, four days or whatever, you know, then maybe you could get away with taking three weeks off. Yeah. But But um, otherwise, if it goes longer than that, you just have to leave and not find out by watching who wins. Yeah, I think either you leave or I mean, if you have an awesome boss, then maybe you can get away with staying there longer or you just risk your job and see what happens. And then another thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How long are they playing Quidditch for each day? Or is it just nonstop they're playing Quidditch through all of this period? That's th- that's actually a really good question. Because they can't sleep if yeah. they're playing the game. Yeah. Do they have alternates? I don't, I don't think they know. do. <laughs> I don't think so. I feel like if they have any additional players, it's like two people, maybe, who can just like hop in if needed. But yeah. like even and still, they can't yeah. replace the whole seven player team. Yeah. So. So, I mean, maybe they're taking like energy potions or something, like something <laughs> to keep them awake forever until the game is over. That is such a bad idea. I know. <laughs> Just think about it. They'll get a great sleep once everything's done. Yeah, they'll sleep for like two weeks. I know. This is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. It really doesn't. I feel like Quidditch should... Um, I don't know. It should have a little bit more real descriptions about it. It doesn't make very much sense at all, so... I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they're heading to the Porky, looking for mm-hmm. it, and they meet up with the Diggories, Cedric Diggory and his dad. Yeah, I, okay, I never remembered this, but apparently Cedric Diggory is described as extremely handsome, and I was like, really? Is he? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it literally says Cedric Diggory was an extremely handsome boy around the age of 17. Well, that's And I was so like, fun. extremely handsome. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, I thought, I thought people just really liked him. Like, handsome, sure. But I didn't know he was extremely handsome. Well, you know, this is Joe. So she's going for the this extremes. Is this is Joe. Yeah. Like like how Hagrid's feet are the size of little dolphins, right? True. Baby yeah. dolphins, yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Cedric Diggory and his dad, they mentioned that they woke up at two to get mm-hmm. here. And I was like, well, that's really early. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially since you said they're leaving at five with the port key. Five oh seven or whatever it is you said. Yeah. So that's that's a long time. Did they really have to walk like really, really far for this? <laughs> I guess, yeah. That or they just wanted to be early. Or they Ugh. wanted to have a nice breakfast before they started their journey or, like, whatever, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, you know, we have we have Amos explain, like, asking Arthur. He was like, oh, my gosh, are all these your kids? And, and Arthur's like, no, <laughs> only right. the redheads. He's like, this is Hermione Granger and this is Harry Potter and blah, 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 you know. And, and Amos is like oh, Harry Potter. And Cedric is like, oh my gosh, Harry Potter, you know, (laughs) which like, I thought that was a weird reaction. But then his dad is just like, oh my gosh, like blah, blah, blah. I love how Cedric beat you in Quidditch. And I was like, the only reason Cedric beat him in Quidditch is because of the Dementors. Like, 
that game shouldn't have happened. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Here's the thing. Like, you know, Amos gets like starstruck, like, oh my God, it's Harry Potter. And for whatever reason in my mind, I didn't expect him to get starstruck like this. And then I went, oh wait, he's never met the boy. That makes sense, yeah, actually. Yeah, true. And then, yeah, and then he starts talking about uh, about the Quidditch game and the, the house cup or whatever. And Cedric's like, Harry fell off his broom, dad. And Amos is like, yes, but you didn't fall off, did you? And it's like, okay. And I'm like, if I remember that specific game correctly, I'm pretty sure Cedric got stuck, struck by lightning during oh, the he? game. I, I don't remember so. that. At least in the movie. At least in the movie he did. I just... I think it's ridiculous that, like, I don't know, like, Cedric was, like, like, he straight up just told his dad that they won the game, but, like, did he forget to mention that there were Dementors present and that they were, like, really bothering Harry or what? I don't know. I mean, I, like, I mean, Cedric said, like, we we saw this in the third book. Cedric felt really bad that Harry fell off his broom and he demanded like a rematch and they were like, well, you forfeit if you want the rematch. And so they didn't do that. But like even here, Cedric's like, dad, no, no. Like Harry yeah. fell off his broom. That's not a good yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. Like I think Cedric in this instance definitely doesn't think that that necessarily counts as a win. And Amos is all like, oh, you can tell your kids that you beat Harry Potter and blah, blah, yeah. blah. But- but Cedric knows what happened at that game. Harry knows what happened at that game. And it's clear that neither one of them necessarily counts that game as, like, an actual game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was some crazy shit going on during, the, because during that game. Because it really should have been canceled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. But... Yeah, because that, that was during a storm. And it was, like, a really bad storm. Yeah. <laughs> like not oh only the guys. storm but the dementors but the and dementors, all yeah. of this like it just should have been canceled <laughs> mm-hmm. so i i don't know <laughs> i don't know either i don't know what to tell you <laughs> yeah i don't know why he told his dad that he won that game though either i guess is my I'm, other thing you know i'm sure amos is kind of like hey like he like he probably asked cedric about the games like how'd the game go today or Maybe Amos was there. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I just feel like Amos is just so proud of his son just in general mm-hmm. that he's like always checking up on him. Like, hey, how's it going? How are your Quidditch games? Like, what's going on in your life? Yeah, And maybe. Cedric was probably just like frustrated about that game and was like, oh, yeah, you know, I caught the snitch and we won. But, you know, Harry <laughs> Potter fell off his broom and I'm kind of upset about that. And Amos yeah. was like, well, fuck that. You won. <laughs> It's true. Honestly, Amy, you're right. When you're too proud of your child, like you're literally living through your kid. I think you're right about that comment. There you go. It's, there you it's go. insane <laughs> how much Amos is like obsessed with Cedric's life, which I guess explains a little bit more about how he reacts later on in this book. I'm not saying he shouldn't mm-hmm. feel upset that, spoiler alert, Cedric dies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But... <laughs> But, you know, he's, Amos is just a little extreme, period, no matter what. And yeah, this book is pretty extreme. (laughs) Oh my gosh. But Joe also just doesn't really know how to write some of these things. She really does not. She does not. But, you know, then they find the port key. Oh, wait. Can we talk about the port key? 
Yes. Okay, just porkies <laughs> in general. Let me go back up to my notes. <laughs> just porkies in general. Like they they specifically mention like, oh yeah, you know they make the porkies for this thing. You know stuff that they think Muggles will just think is litter. And I'm like, okay, interesting choice. But you know how? For, first of all, like how early was the Ministry placing these porkies? Yeah, true. Also, how do wizards know what they're looking for? Yes. Like, are they told or what? That was my my biggest question. But um, on on top of that, if they're thinking that these port keys are going to be things that muggles think of as litter, what do they do when cleanup groups go out? Because I have been on many litter cleanup groups, and we have cleaned up lots of things. So what if a muggle just randomly touches the port key? That was my question, too. Yeah, what happens if a muggle actually does pick up a port key? Like, how many accidents have happened? I, I'm i very curious. <laughs> I just, I, I don't understand it. I just think d- port keys are stupid. I don't think they make any sense. Thank you, Joe. I, I think it only makes sense if you do it correctly. Yes. Like, I, I mean, like, here's the thing, here's the thing, too, you know. I, I like I think we both kind of question like how do wizards know what they're looking for because yeah. you know the Weasleys and Harry and Hermione you know they get there and they start looking around trying to find something that looks like it could be a port key mm-hmm. and I'm like okay so you don't know what you're looking for you have no Great. clue what a port key got is got it awesome <laughs> awesome you love that we love to see it <laughs> like good luck get into the the campground if you don't have a port key that you can find like know, what if exactly. you can't find it what if you literally don't know what you're looking for and can't find it yeah, I like. I I feel like the ministry should have or had to have said something like, "Okay, your port key is this. Mm-hmm. This is the area it's in. Go find it." <laughs> and hopefully, it's guy. like a small area, you know. <laughs> but yeah. Well, Amy said, "Pick up random garbage till we find it. <laughs> <laughs> just hoard all the garbage yes. and just <laughs> grab all of it, and hopefully, something works." That's that's what it is. You know what? They should just send the wizards with a trash bag so they can be the litter cleanup crew, okay? Until they find the port key. They're doing the something problem, good until they're gone. True. The problem, though, is don't they all have to touch the port key at the same time? Yes. So how well, do you know it's they, the port key? That, I mean, that's the real question, too, because, like, <laughs> you can pick up the port key, until it's time to go because it leaves at a certain time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it just, yeah. How do you know that it is the port key? Like, do you all just need to be holding hands all at the same time and hope that, <laughs> that you guys touch the port key at the right time? Yes. Yep. What? <laughs> yeah. Like when it's a sock, what do you do? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. One either. key was a golf club. Oh, I did not know that. Oh. I didn't know that either. That's crazy, though. Port keys are weird. Port keys are super weird. They are weird. <laughs> but, I mean, I guess that's just another good mode of transportation for people, for, like, underage wizards. Because mm-hmm. they can't yeah. apparate. True. I mean, I guess but- potentially their parents could apparate and they could, yeah. like, be, like, yeah. holding their arm. Because you see that in the sixth book I was of Harry and Dumbledore. Say- yeah, they can apparate as long as someone who has a license to apparate is apparating with them. Yeah, I would say someone who has a license and is confident in their apparition. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. But I also, okay, so the way they describe traveling with the port key, like your shoulders are bumping into each other. It's really close quarters and really Mm -hmm. tight and just like fast. 
that sounds like a roller coaster. And like, while roller coasters are fun, I don't feel like that would be the best mode of transportation. I think I would hate it. <laughs> yeah, here's the thing, too, because, you know, like, because I think uh, Mr. Weasley asks, like, oh, is anyone else, like, going to show up? And I'm like, God, I hope not. <laughs> and it's like, oh, no, 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 you know, so-and-so's not going. And, you know, the love goods have been there for a week already. And I was like, whoa, the love goods? <laughs> the Weasleys live close to the love goods? Yeah, yeah, they live, um like, over the hill or something. I don't think I ever remembered that, but oh, I do. Well, yes. I remember it now. <laughs> there you go. The Lovegoods live like just over like the hill, really close to the Weasleys. Yeah, I I never remembered that because all I can think of is like the uh, the seventh movie when they go and visit the yeah. Lovegoods, and I just feel like that's a completely different place than the borough. Oh no, it definitely doesn't like feel like it's in the same area as the borough. Yeah. Like, especially in the movie, because I think they maybe just didn't remember that the Lovegoods mm-hmm. lived close to the Weasleys or whatever. But yeah, they do live really close. I think I think the reason we don't know a lot about it is because I think the Lovegoods are thought of as super strange compared to the Weasleys. So the Weasleys are like, we don't want to associate with them, even though the Weasleys yeah. are also like super strange. So they'd probably be really good friends. <laughs> I feel like the Weasleys are the Weasleys are definitely more normal than the Lovegoods. Yes, it, it's still still kind of strange. Yeah, I feel like they would probably have some relatively good interactions. You know, probably. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. Um, no idea. But those are all the comments I have about like Porkies and everything. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's pretty much all I got from Porkies. <laughs> okay. Um, do you have anything else for Chapter Six? Yes. Okay. Question. Yes. So the port key goes, uh, you know, Harry, Ron, Hermione, literally everyone except for Arthur, Amos, and Cedric all like fall to the ground once they arrive mm-hmm. at their destination. How did Arthur, Amos, and Cedric arrive still standing? Like, do they just regularly tra- regularly travel by port keys or what? I don't know. I I don't know. Because <laughs> hold on, I I have to look, but I feel like it was a very like. Like you mentioned, like it reminded you of like a roller coaster, how they're all so yeah. close together and whatnot. And so I was like, it seemed like it was a very, I, I like, I guess kind of roller coaster esque kind yeah. of feeling. Um, yeah. Let's see. But yeah, because uh, like it, it like it essentially mentions like you know Harry felt as though a hook just behind his navel had been suddenly jerked irresistibly forward. His feet left the ground. Blah blah. blah. They were all banging together. Uh, his feet slammed into the ground. Ron staggered into him and he fell over. And so, like, they're basically all on the ground except for Arthur, Amos, and Cedric. And I'm like, okay, how? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Well, okay. And then the other question is, are they allowed to create their own port keys or do they have to be created by the Ministry of Magic? That's a great question. That's because actually a really good question. If they can create their own, then maybe... Maybe Cedric and his dad have practiced it a few times. I feel like maybe this could be another thing. I feel like they should be able to make their own. Not for the World Cup, because the World Cup is, you know, like ministry organized and all that. Like they have to have special precautions, all that. But I feel like maybe, depending on where you're going, maybe. I don't know. The more I think about it, maybe not. Amy says that the Ministry and the Goblins make them, or like oh. that's what she thinks. That's that's 
And I could see that being possible because goblin magic is different from wizard magic. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, the port key thing, I don't know. I don't know if they can create their own. I don't know either. Maybe and not. And if they can't, then why is Cedric so good at it? He shouldn't be. Cedric's not just fucking amazing. Employee. He's, he's just amazing at whatever he does. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. Like, especially beating Harry when the Dementors take over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> um, was, yes. I, I, my Like, kind of my one last comment for this okay. chapter was, like, I, I was kind of confused because, you know, they land at their spot and then, like, yeah. a voice said, like, ah, Port Key arriving at whatever time, 5.07. And I was like, did a voice actually just announce that their Port Key had arrived? I'm really confused. Because... Oh. Basically, like there, there are like two, I guess, like guards there making sure each port key arrives and making sure that people leave that area because that's where all the port keys arrive. So it was just, it was basically just like a guard saying, "Hey, this port key has arrived. Good job." But it's, and they mark it off the list. <laughs> and they mark it off the list. But when I read the end of this chapter, it was just like, and a voice said. You know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, was this, like, announced over a loudspeaker? What's happening? And then you get yeah. to the beginning of the next chapter and it's explained. And I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I didn't remember that part. But I I probably would have just assumed it was, like, a voice that was attached to the port key for when it arrived. That it would just oh, announce uh-huh. that it had arrived. Yeah, <laughs> I was just like, that's really weird that they're announcing that. That is really strange. Like, they could just mark it off the list and move on, you know? Because yeah. they probably know what the port key is and what time it's supposed to get there. Yeah. So as exactly. long as those two are correct, then they can just mark it off and move on. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. if they knew who's arriving with which port key, because then they can mark off the people as well. Yeah. Yeah, I guess each so. Each port key had different people assigned to it. Yeah, except you, I, I guess like you kind of think about the fact that you know, Mr. Weasley asked, like, oh, hey, you like, is so-and-so arriving? So, I mean, maybe yeah. it's not necessarily... It was just, like, for that area. Like, it yeah, was it was an for that area. mode of transportation for all of these yeah. people, just in case they needed it. Yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on it. Okay. I don't know. Port keys are weird. Very weird, yeah. I'm kind of over them. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can move on, then. <laughs> I just think they're dumb. I don't like them. I, I think um, I think they would be good for underage wizards and traveling yeah. if needed. If needed. But if needed. If we can like, figure out how they actually like are made and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, so chapter seven is Bagman and Crouch. So yes. we're gonna we're gonna be meeting our our friend Ludo Bug Bagman. <laughs> Called him Bugman. It's fine. <laughs> Ludo Bagman and Barty Crouch. Yes. And I don't love Barty Crouch just from all of my memories of him, so I'm sure I'm still not going to like necessarily like him because I feel like he's very similar to Percy. Yes. So. <laughs> Your, yours is like first. My, mine is like immediately. Yeah. Uh, so my <laughs> first comment was like, they all arrived via port key at 5.07. Is that a.m. or p.m.? And I, I, like, figured it out because because um, when they met up with Amos Diggory, Amos and Cedric Diggory, uh, like, there was some 
comment about like oh them silhouetted against the stars and i was like ah so am got it just because i had been confused about the comment earlier in or like in the previous chapter about how the sky got lighter so i was just like what i i would have said am just because it was you know am when they all woke up and started heading out so they probably weren't gonna be traveling all day long Especially yeah, I was like, porky. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I didn't think they were traveling all day long, but then again, I was just really confused. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get that. I do. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so you know, the campsite, they they have a, a campsite that they get to go and and stay at for this game. Um, uh huh. And they head up, and there there's a muggle who's in charge of said campsite. <laughs> yeah. And he he's like checking people in, you know, and, and Arthur's like, oh, we're we're like the Weasleys or whatever he says his name is. And um and the guy's like, oh, okay, you're only here for one night. And I was like, one night? What if it goes on for longer than one night? <laughs> oh, was it only one night? I didn't Yeah, remember. because he's like, well, if you're only here for one night, you can pay right now. <laughs> So. Oh yeah, you're right. Just the one night, yeah. Yeah. So then Arthur goes through that struggle of of like Harry, help me with the Muggle money, please. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to know how much money it cost because it's never said. I know, and usually if you're staying at a campsite, it shouldn't be more than like I would say thirty bucks. Yeah, that, that would night. be my thought, too. That sounds yeah. pretty normal, but also I've never stayed in a campsite, so I can't even promise you that I'm right. Um, Same, yeah. That's just what I would assume it probably costs. <laughs> yeah, the writing wasn't very good here. Because, you I know, mean, it's... it's. I, I mean, I, just just in particular about the money and the exchanging <laughs> of the money, yeah. it's, it's never said, like, how much it actually cost, Mm-mm. how much Arthur handed this muggle... When, How much change he's getting back? <laughs> well, it, they didn't. They never even said that Mr. Weasley handed him any money. Yeah, that's it was true. just. It was just suddenly like, oh yeah, Mr. Roberts was going to hand him the change and then paused. And I was like, but when did Arthur give him money? He didn't. <laughs> what? Yeah. No. Just, yeah. I, this this whole this whole not necessarily just the money, but this whole thing about. Uh, hiring fields owned by muggles is mm-hmm. awful. Yeah. So bad. Yeah, it's not great. It's definitely not great. <laughs> it's it's so incredibly bad. Because you know, as soon as so so this muggle that they're exchanging money with is his name is Mr. Roberts. Yes. And uh, as soon as, you know, Mr. Roberts is kind of like, uh, "Hey, you foreigners? Like, you know, I've seen a lot of people here, you know, they've been, you know, struggling with the money and you know they're kind of being weird whatever uh and as soon as he starts talking shit like that just like oh things are strange a wizard comes just immediately appears there and obliviates him and i was like what the fuck are you doing yeah i i was like very shocked when that happened because i was like what (laughs) like all of a sudden you're just gonna do that okay i was like what the (laughs) heck like uh, huh what (laughs) Well, especially since they've, like, talked about how memory charms aren't things that you're supposed to play around with. Like, we learned that in the second book, guys. Shocker. Yeah. But then they're just chilling, obliviating the same muggle over and over and over again daily. 
Yeah. I like, I, I think, uh, I think, yeah, I kind of, I wrote it down like, uh, this wizard who popped up, like, you know, it, 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 they essentially walked with the Weasleys a little bit. Um, and uh, mentioned they mentioned that Ludo Bagman keeps talking about bludgers and quaffles without a care in the world. So Mr. Roberts has been obliviated at least 10 times a day. And I'm like, this is this is essentially torture. That's extreme. And we should. Yeah, be doing that. <laughs> I like I, I know. I think I think later in my notes, I mentioned, like, why don't we do why? Why can't they do this instead? You know, like, why can't? Yeah. They just... So we'll get there. But I was just like, this is this is not. A good idea no no it's not um no yeah yeah <laughs> also ludo bagman should be smarter than to talk about wizard stuff around muggles i you know what i'll talk about it now i'll talk about it okay now. You know okay let's okay. go <laughs> okay let me let me scroll down a little bit okay so i it, this it's the whole thing of like why are they bothering to try and hide the fact that they're all wizards here like eventually they give up and they're just kind of like okay fuck it you know like you're you're doing random shit by the time we get to the game like we can't we can't stop you um and so i'm like i i understand that they're using fields owned by muggles but why can't they just like make sure during this time like the muggles don't speak to anyone outside of this area you know like they're like They've like mm-hmm. signed a contract or something saying, okay, during this time, yeah. I will not speak about it. And then once everything's done, once everything, everyone is gone, they obliviate the muggles then. Yeah. And so they forget about it. And maybe they've put something in place already so that the muggles, uh, like family and friends think that, oh, they're on vacation for X amount of time so that all their friends know they won't be able to contact them during this time. Yeah. Like, like that wouldn't be a bad idea. It wouldn't be a bad idea. They they could even possibly have like some kind of agreement with this guy that they like spend cert- x amount of money on said field and then put like muggle parents of muggle-born students or something in charge of running the field. Okay. Yeah. Cuz then yeah. it wouldn't even be a question of like them needing to be obliviated or whatever because you know yeah it's it's several fields though owned by different muggles true that's so unfortunately it it's not just the one muggle they um, could have agreements with all of them i don't know exactly like like <laughs> i feel not like they need... a loss of muggle born students so they definitely yeah. all have parents <laughs> i i think the only thing about that though is the fact that uh you know like i i'm sure like the first year they do it, they don't know what they're getting into, and then they probably hate it and decide mm. they're not going to volunteer ever again. That's probably not a good for point. that. So yeah. I don't, I don't think that would happen. I think they You're just right. like I think having like wizard security, fine. But I think with the Muggles, they need to be better. They just need to have some sort of contract with them, get things mm-hmm. all set up for them, and then just be like, okay, at the end, we are going to erase your memory of this event. Yeah, that could be good. Yeah. That would that would probably be better than obliviating him ten times a day. Exactly, yeah. Because I feel like obliviating him ten times a day is just torture. Like I'm pretty sure that damages their brain too, doesn't it? I I would think so, but I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> no idea. Like I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> these, poor, these poor muggles. 
I don't know what did you have anything else you want to talk about before we get to the tents? No, not really. Okay. So the tents. <laughs> I think that the tents are absolutely insane. Yes. And way too fancy because muggle tents are just, you know, like a a thing of fabric on poles in the ground. That's kind of how yes. it works. Um I know that I've stayed in a tent. I feel like you've probably stayed in a tent, but maybe not. I don't know. I don't think I've ever actually stayed in oh, a you tent, haven't? but I have put up tents before. Okay, well, see, at least you know how <laughs> tents work. I've yeah. I've spent the night in a tent. It's not my favorite. I don't love it, but um, I would love to go wizard camping. <laughs> yeah. Their oh, tents yeah. sound nice. <laughs> <laughs> they do, um, yeah. I, I think it's funny that a... Uh, you know, they they find their spot, yes. and then Mr. Weasley immediately turns to Harry and Hermione and is like, all right, I, like, can you guys help? Like, I, I don't know anything about these muggle tents, and I'm like, what makes you think that they do? Yeah, he just assumes that Harry and Hermione know everything about the, the muggle world, and so, <laughs> like, even though Harry's probably also never gone camping, he's like, well, I guess I can try and help figure it out. Probably Hermione's the only one likely enough to have gone camping Mm -hmm. and i mean since it's hermione she's probably going to be able to figure it out anyway but like Uh, yeah you're lucky you have hermione there because i i don't know if harry would have been able to figure it out on his own (laughs) i mean tents aren't that hard to figure out they're not but it depends on the tent that is true i think i've only put together like uh, a a very specific like type of tent and like i've done it a few times it's for a specific camp that i help out with yeah, uh, it depends I, on the tent. <laughs> yeah, it definitely depends. But Mr. Weasley specifically is like no magic allowed, you know, like they have to put the tent up themselves because they're all wondering <laughs> like, right. why can't we just like put the tent up with magic? And he's like, no magic allowed. But you look around and everyone else is using magic on their tents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, also, I'm pretty sure the tents are probably magical. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was like, how, how does... What? I mean, like, I I understand that muggles wouldn't be allowed inside yeah. the tents, yeah. but if you can see inside the tents, that might be a different issue. Yeah, that would like be if, a if they have the door, if the like the flaps of the tent open or something, you know, like you can just see inside, and it's like that's interesting. It's bigger on the inside, like the TARDIS. The I know, yeah, <laughs> it's like the TARDIS. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I think it's weird. I guess I don't. But also, so from the outside, you know, this this guy, Mr. What is his name? Roberts. He yeah. saw how many people are in their group and they have two tents. There's what, 14 of them? 14 people do not fit in two tents. They're 14. Or whatever, whatever number they're going to have. I don't, I don't think it's quite 14, but it's definitely. I thought it was like um, a big number. What is it? Hermione, Ginny, Harry, Ron. I would say if you're Fred, looking at George, just the people Bill, who show Percy, up. Percy and Charlie. Oh, maybe it's like nine. Yeah, I, I from what Mr. Roberts saw, I think they only saw ten, seven ten of them. Yeah, it's I mean, ten people. Yeah, but only there's saw gonna seven, be more. Yeah, he doesn't know that. <laughs> well, anyway, I still feel like ten people wouldn't fit in two tents, but that's just me. No, probably not. Unless you have like the really big fancy tents, which are hard mm. to put up, but you know, yeah, you do you have fun with those. I guess. Good luck with that. Yeah. 
I, I do yeah. question. Yes. Because uh, I, I was just really curious about where Mr. Weasley got the tents. I was like, did he just buy these magic tents from someone or did he like, do magic on them at some point? And it's like not until like after it's all been set up and they're like in the tents that's like, oh yeah, I borrowed them from Perkins at the <laughs> office. And I was like, uh, <laughs> oh, okay, gotcha. I was like, I didn't even think to like question I that because I was just like, well, we'll probably find out where he got them anyway. <laughs> I, was just, I was just really curious. I was also like, do wizards just not go camping or what? Like, I don't think so. I've I don't know. Which is weird, but maybe it's because the places that they would more likely camp are probably the more dangerous places. I mean, maybe. Like the Black Forest? I don't know. Um, (laughs) You know, just the Black Forest. Wizards go glamping. Eh, Maybe they do. They do. They do. (laughs) Have you seen their tents? Like... (laughs) (laughs) Or, Or maybe they just go and stay at the Leaky Cauldron that's in London. That's London. <laughs> you hear that? That's London. Um, oh I don't gosh. know though. I don't know. I don't know either. Cause oh. like we we do hear about like the trips that these people take, and like the Weasleys literally traveled to like Egypt and stuff. That is true. Are we sure they didn't have like a tent that they borrowed when they went there, or did they stay in like a hotel somewhere in Egypt? Or it's actually, a really good question. Yeah. <laughs> Like, we have no clue about any of their traveling, and, you know, Joe is not going to uh, give us any information at all anyway, so. Yeah, Good times. <laughs> Good times. Fun times. Uh, but it's really interesting. I don't know. Anyway, so we find out that the tent is bigger on the inside. Like, Harry walks in and is like, what the heck? Because it's not what he was necessarily expecting. Yep. And it has, like, a full-size bathroom, full-size kitchen, and they have, like, bunk beds and all kinds of things inside. And, of course, though, Mr. Weasley is like, we're making food outside of the tent, though. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) And I'm sitting here like, why? You don't actually have to cook when you go camping. You could bring all kinds of, like, prepackaged snacks and stuff, like you'd probably be fine. I don't think anything anyone's going to necessarily look at your tent in particular and be like, oh, they're not cooking outside <laughs> on a fire. <laughs> yeah. And and like, that's the thing too, you know, Mr. Weasley is like, all right, go grab firewood, go get water, like whatever. And I'm like, he knows they need water mm-hmm. and firewood. Like, oh, interesting. I didn't think but he maybe, know that. Maybe he has gone camping. I mean, either he's gone camping or he's just made fires before. Or he's read a book about camping. <laughs> that could be it. Yeah, I, I don't know. He would be the person to find a muggle book about camping and read it just in preparation for this. I would not be surprised if he did, honestly. He would. He would. But um, I did think it was really interesting that... So I... I, up until this point, didn't really think about how many people were probably here or from where they were from or whatever, but this is when I kind of realized that, like, everyone in the Wizarding World is, like, at this cup, basically, and so, like, that I, ultimately, I do feel like it is, like, like, soccer, but world, like, Olympic size, you know? Yeah, 
Yeah. Or like football, like the Super Bowl, but Olympic sized, where everyone is interested in it. In fact, instead of it just being like one country. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you do mention your notes. It's like the only wizard sport there is. So, of course, every if you're invested in Quidditch, you are invested. You are going to yeah. be there. Yeah, I think that's and what like, it is. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's probably what it is. I know I made some comment. I think it's the last chapter. Hold on. Um, oh, yeah. I, I, in the last chapter, I was when they mentioned the love goods, I kind of just wrote my notes like, like I feel like the wizards are all spread out. like, yeah. And it kind of maybe proves our point that there's not a whole lot of wizards. And so, you know, there's not mm-hmm. a whole lot of students at Hogwarts. Yeah. But, but then you get to the actually get to the World Cup and there's like thousands I know. of wizards. And it's like, okay, now I'm confused. Yeah. They talk about how there's tons and how like these people yeah. go to this school and these people go to this school. And there's a Salem Witches Institute. And it's like <laughs> yeah. specifically Salem Witches. Like, are there enough in Salem? Like, it's one city, guys. <laughs> I'm I'm. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. It's Salem, so maybe I, I guess. But like, that's one city. It's it's not even a state. It's a city, guys. It's a city. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like maybe maybe they have protections in place in Salem for the wizards there, or mm. like there, there's a specific way of life that they live there and they make it work. Maybe I also think that perhaps this book was just joe's way of being like oh look there's tons more like schools look at all of them and now i'm gonna introduce two more (laughs) whoa (laughs) like what (laughs) it's like now you have dermstring and bobettons like good luck (laughs) (laughs) like have fun that's also, all you're getting. there's a Salem Witches Institute. Have fun. Have fun with that. <laughs> she just casually slips that in. We're never going to hear about it again. Don't worry never. about it. We're never going to hear about it again. That's the only mention of it. Which is interesting because that's in America, you know, because Salem. But yeah. um, isn't isn't Ilver... Ilver Morney. Morney in America. Yeah. So how can there be two schools in America? Yeah, it's not allowed. All like, American witches and wizards have to go to Ilvermorny. I'm just confused why Salem Witches Institute exists. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe it's specifically for witches and wizards in Salem. And That's like they, they they have this weird it's a weird club in Salem. You like you're not allowed to go to Ilvermorny. You have to go to the Salem Witches Institute. Well, I it's think a cult. also maybe at this point she didn't even think of the fact that there would be like a American school because I think that probably came up way later. That, that was way later. That and and this is just <laughs> Joe's way of being like, oh yeah, I don't remember anything about what I wrote in the books. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> she oh, yeah, doesn't no. talk about the I'm... Salem Witches Institute. <laughs> the Salem Witches Institute was really just a one-off thing where yep. she was like, um, what could be in America? Ah, Salem. Perfect. And I'm and super attached. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Either you make this a big deal or you cut it out. <laughs> I, I want I want fan fiction about this. Cut That's it what I out. Want. No, leave it in. I want fan fiction. <laughs> Someone write about the the students at Salem Witches Institute, please. Yeah. That's what I want. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Maybe. I wonder if there Maybe. is fan fiction. I doubt it. it. I highly doubt it. I'm going to look up to see if anyone wrote anything about the Salem Witches Institute. Do it. Do it. And tell us what you find. But not right now. Um, oh, okay. 
<laughs> you were like, I'll, I'll sit here and wait for you to Google that. No, yeah, I'll sit here and now. wait. <laughs> but I also think it's just really funny that, like, everyone's just already obsessed with Crumb. Yeah, I think that's interesting. I made a comment about that. Yes, let's hear it. So, you like, they, they from, from what I understand, the Weasleys tents are in, like, what I like to call the normal section because they walk, Harry, Ron, and Hermione are walking to go get water and they walk into the, uh, what, like the Ireland section or whatever. Yeah. It's just tents covered in shamrocks. That's what that section is. They keep walking and they get to the Bulgarian section and every single tent in the Bulgarian section has a poster of crumb on it. Why? I feel like there's got to be people who have their own tents who are like, oh, Crumb's not my favorite on the Bulgarian team. My favorite yeah. is this guy. Yeah. But no, we have to have a poster of Crumb. It's because the Seeker is the most important. <sighs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know either. Like, I, I understand. The Seeker is a very important piece of the game. But... You can have favorite members of the team who aren't the seeker. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Apparently you can't. It has to be Crumb. Only <laughs> it, has, it has to be Crumb. Um, especially considering Ron likes Crumb a lot. Enough to get a stupid little figurine of him. <laughs> That's right. Oh yeah, we'll we'll get to that point. Yeah, I we think will. I have a I think I have a comment <laughs> about that. Where is this? <laughs> But, um, I, okay, so, so my thing is, I forgot that Crumb was the seeker in this game, mm -hmm. um, on that team, and I'm very confused why he's allowed to do that when he goes to Durmstrang. I wonder that, too. Cause... I didn't, I didn't write it down, but I did wonder that. Because if Durmstrang has their own Quidditch teams and stuff, like Hogwarts does, that would make them not the pros so why is crumb allowed to play in both that's a great question if he plays in if they even have quidditch at durmstrang i would just assume that they do though yeah i would assume so but because otherwise really how do know. they how do they have a bulgarian team without having kids practice <laughs> quidditch you know at their school <laughs> that's that's actually another question um so with hogwarts we have the four houses. They just compete against each other for the house yeah. cup. They don't compete against anyone outside of that. Nope. Which is dumb. Do <laughs> the Bowbattens and the Durmstrings, assuming they have Quidditch teams, do they also have similar things set up like at the house cup? Like they just play against each other? Do they play against other countries, like other schools, teams? Like what do they do? I don't know. I feel like. Hogwarts does it wrong. I feel like everyone should be competing against everyone, but that's right, just me. Yeah. That, yeah, no, like, the more <laughs> I think about it, I'm like, no, I feel like they should be competing against others. I don't I feel like know. that's a thing. <laughs> Quidditch is confusing, guys. <laughs> it's not very well explained. Period. It's not, it's not very well thought out, to be honest. She could, she could probably try to write a book about Quidditch, and it still would be confusing as heck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, we have... Isn't there... There is a book. There's a... Kind of, not really, maybe. Oh, but it's it? through the ages. Oh, is that I haven't actually read it. a book? I haven't read it, but I'm pretty sure because there, there's like a set of three. It's like Quidditch through the ages, uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Maybe I and didn't know Quidditch through the ages one. was one. 
No, I thought it was. Maybe, I don't know. Hold on. Let me look. It might be. You might be right. I just didn't know that it was one. Oh, I think it is. There yeah. is a book. It's in a set of three. Hold on. What? It is a book. Yep. Three. Quidditch Through the Ages. Yeah. Hold on. Okay. Okay. So, so the yeah. So there's a set of three books. It's Quidditch Through the Ages, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, and uh, The Tales of Beetle the, Beetle the Bard. It's It's those three. Yeah. I've never read any of them. <laughs> yeah, I haven't either. I just know of them. I don't know if I ever will, unless we do it for this. Same, yeah. But I just feel like that wouldn't be very helpful. Because I don't think she knows anything about Quidditch. I don't think she knows anything about her own game. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think she knows anything about the game she created. What was it? The Salem... Salem Witches Institute? Which... Is in- I think that's what it is. What? What? Well, it's on. It's got its own wiki page. Some of the institute's members attended the 1994 Quidditch World Cup and were seen gossiping happily in between two tents bearing the institute's name. At some point in 2020, are you are you ready for what happens in 2020? I, I'm I'm reading along with you. Let's go for it. <laughs> the entirety of this organization joined the Statute of Secrecy Tax Force in order to assist in the containment of the calamity, and thus bolstered the effects efforts of the Calamity World Center. Among these was a witch by the name of Sh- Shania Shaw, an expert in the use of the hour reversal charm, which knowledge on the subject led to a number of illuminating conversations with some of the pre-existing calamity investigators what's the calamity what i don't know what what since when does 2020 <laughs> matter yeah. to harry what? potter right hold on hold on what is this? explain Ex- please explain hold on the term <laughs> let's see the term the calamity was used to refer to the byproduct of a spell that dealt a global devastating blow to the world wizarding community <gasps> Uh, by generating a large number of large-scale breaches of the International Statute of Wizarding Secrecy and took place in the 2010s and 2020s were in a confounding piece of chaotic magic cut through time and space causing artifacts, creatures, people, and new memories to mysteriously disappear or appear in the muggle world. Where is this from? What? <laughs> Where is this from? Uh, players in the augmented reality game Harry Potter Wizards Unite take on the role of members of the Statute of Secrecy Task Force as they try to contain the calamity. Okay, so it's Harry Potter Wizards Unite. What is this? I don't know. What is this game? It's I... a game? It's a game, yeah. Harry Potter Wizards Unite. It's a mobile game. Wait, oh, why? Why is it a mobile game? apparently i don't know oh it's from niantic oh no it's similar to niantic games no made by the same developer niantic oh so it is it's oh is this the one that was the like pokemon go but yeah i think that got like destroyed because it was not allowed oh maybe i feel like that's probably what it is so the storyline for that game specifically is the calamity what the fuck yeah, the game shut down on January thirty first, twenty twenty two. Interesting. I knew I knew oh. it shut down. I knew about that part. I forgot well, about this. Um. So I was reading more about the Salem Witches uh, Institute thing. 
says, in an interview shortly before the release of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire in 2000, J.K. Rowling responded to a question about whether American children could attend Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry by stating, no, they have their own school. You'll find out in book four. This led to speculation among fans that the Salem Witches Institute was an American wizarding school, which persisted until 2015. Okay, so that's that's kind of late. Um, mm-hmm. When the author revealed on Twitter that it was actually a women's organization, Rowling later revealed that American wizarding children could attend the Ilvermorny School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. Yeah. Ma'am, don't act like the <laughs> Salem Witches Institute doesn't sound like a fucking school. Yeah, I like I kind of wondered <laughs> if it was just like a women's organization or like a women's school, like a girls' school. But it like we have nothing to go on. It sounds like nothing. a school, bitch. It does. That's the <laughs> <a> thing. <laughs> anyway (laughs) yeah interesting okay got it fun times (laughs) yeah yeah okay um so crumb and and stuff so so you know they they see cho along the way oh right i had a (laughs) comment about this Actually, hold on. Yes. Uh, Sorry. If you have comments, bit. go for it. Yeah, no, no. no. <laughs> this this is kind of in relation to it. So, uh, okay. as we kind of already said, Harry, Ron, Hermione are going to get water yes. in like a bucket and saucepans, apparently. Yes. Um, and so there. This is another weird thing written where like they're in line to get the water. They're talking about a wizard who's in front of them along with someone else, and this wizard, uh, whose name I can't think of right now, um. Oh, is it, is it, I swear I saw this. Archie. Archie, uh, Archie is wearing like a women's nightgown or something as his muggle clothes. And there's someone else beside him who's like holding up pants and is like, please put these on. And Archie's like, but these are muggle clothes. This is what the muggles wear. And the friend's like, okay. Yeah. 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 The friend's like, okay, but muggle women wear them to sleep. (laughs) And so that whole thing's happening. They were also okay. standing in line for water. Well, and that conversation specifically tells you exactly what you need to know about how wizards understand muggle clothes. Okay. If yes. they know that women wear nightgowns to sleep, then, dude, they're going to know what the other clothes are for. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I, that's not saying that everyone knows that it's a women's no. nightgown. No. But there are some who do know. So that's that. But yeah, so this is another weird writing thing here where, uh, like, it's talking about how, like, Archie and this, uh, oh, it's apparently a mystery of magic man uh, who, like, got their, like, they got their water and the next thing you know, the trio is walking back with their water and I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, but you never said they got their water. You just said Archie got his water and now the trio's walking back with their own water. Where, when did they get their water? I don't understand it. It's Joe. It's Joe. That's all you need (laughs) to know to get it. It's Joe. Yeah. It's Joe. But anyway, this does this does bring us to the Cho Chang part uh, because you know they're they're walking back with their water and uh, and you know I uh, Cho like they saw Cho and I think she like smiled and waved at Harry or something. I don't know. Uh, Uh, I think so. Joe described her as the cute Ravenclaw seeker. Yeah, and so it mentions so. that Harry slopped quite a lot of water down his front as he waved back. 
And I really want to know how he's carrying this bucket of water. Probably just holding it in front of him with his arms. Just like hugging it. (laughs) (laughs) I would say. um, Uh, Yeah, I don't know. But, you know, this is where we we get to start seeing his obsession with Cho. So Mm -hmm. I I also feel like this is where the Goblet of Fire movie got the idea for a, you know, that scene in the Great Hall where Harry looks over at Cho and she kind of smiles and waves and and he pans back to him. Yeah, he, he smiles forgetting he has whatever his drink is in his mouth and just comes pouring out and I was like so weird that's got to be based on this right here I mean yes but also here's the thing I can smile while I have a drink in my mouth and be totally fine so I'm not really sure how Harry spit that out yeah like I I don't he's stupid (laughs) (laughs) Woo! Woo! Uh, we figured it out guys yep yep (laughs) but I I was like, they really didn't know other schools existed. Are these kids okay? <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. I'm like, I guess it makes sense that Harry has never thought that there might be other wizarding schools out there. But at the same time, it's utterly stupid that he never thought it was a possibility. Like, there's no way that there are only British wizards. Yeah. I was like, it only makes sense. If all of you are British at your school, I promise you there are other schools. <laughs> yeah. I think they're all, like, British and Scottish. It's like, yeah. everyone in the UK goes there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I promise you France has a school because we know about at least the female one. So there's got to be some kind of counterpart like we've talked about. And yeah. Durmstrang is an all-men's school. So there's got to be another counterpart for that. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> there's other schools. Yeah. And that's just in Europe. Yeah, we, yeah that's <laughs> only in Europe. Like... like we haven't even like moved on from the continent. <laughs> yep. So. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, I I do think it's funny that Percy just apparates right on in and is like, "I just apparated, Dad." <laughs> yes. Yes. That's so funny. Like what? Why? Why, buddy? <laughs> Why? Like, you you work in the Ministry of Magic, and you should probably know that they're trying to keep all the magic there. Hush, hush. Why are you saying it out loud? Well, and Percy's usually such, like, a a good little, like, rule follower and stuff, and he's sitting here shouting that he just apparated, like... Yes. No. (laughs) Yes. No. Uh, But it's fine, I I guess. It's fine. Uh, but then, you know, Miss, Mr. Bagman, Ludo, he, he, he pops up. We, we find him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, yes. I would say just, just like right before we get to Ludo. Yes. Uh, you know, they're, they're eating their meal outside the tent, you know, like right outside. And apparently they're just like on a walkway, I guess. Um, and so, you know, Mr. Weasley keeps introducing Harry and Hermione at least. Uh, to all these, like, Ministry of Magic officials. And, you know, he kind of leaves the Weasley children out because, like, oh, you know, they've they've already met them all, you know, millions of times or something. And I'm like, okay, I, do do the Weasley children really actually know all of these Ministry of Magic officials? Because I feel like you shouldn't be seeing them that often or hardly at all. Like, yeah. your dad works with them. You don't. Yeah, you guys are at school for a good chunk of the year. 
Yeah. And even before you go off to Hogwarts, I feel like you still wouldn't no. meet them. Not during the summer. That's that's vacation time. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, I mean, not not even then. I mean, like, before they're Oh, yeah, Hogwarts when they're age. little. When they're yeah, little. Yeah, when they're little. Yeah. I still so. feel like there should be, like, a preschool for wizard children. Yeah, like, there should be, like, a preschool and then, like, a primary school. Like, I don't understand how they just randomly start school at 11 and are expected to graduate at 17. <laughs> Agreed, yeah. I'm like, there's no way that they're this archaic and, like, uh, like the mothers are just homeschooling them for the first 10 years of their lives. Like Especially since they have to learn the language, they have to learn how to write it, they have to learn how to write, they have to learn how to do math because they cannot just go to Hogwarts and not do math. Like, I know there's yeah. math classes there. Especially yes. if you're doing, like, potions and shit that you have to, like, know how to measure stuff. There has to be some kind of prep school. Yeah, there's got to be something. You can't just magically go to Hogwarts and all of a sudden know all of this stuff. Or, I don't know, J.K. Rowling just doesn't know how to write. I I just don't <laughs> see, like, uh, like, the parents of uh, wizard children homeschooling their kids. I don't their either. Kids. I don't Especially see it. if they have jobs. And a lot of them do. Yeah. Except, you know, maybe, like, like Molly Weasley, she's she doesn't have a job. She works... True. She's a stay-at-home mom, so, like... She should have a job, but she doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's just, like, I, I don't see them... I don't see them homeschooling. Like, I, I could see Molly Weasley wanting to homeschool them, yeah. but she... They have seven kids. No, that's no. too many kids. Like, she'd have to, like... No. Literally have a classroom. <laughs> I think she would rip her hair out oh, trying yes. to teach the twins. Oh my gosh. I was about to say that. I was about to say Fred <laughs> and George would drive her insane. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then Percy on top of all that. Yeah. There has to be a prep school somewhere. There's got to be. I stand by it. Yes. Um, <laughs> But you know, maybe not. Maybe JK Rowling just thinks they grow up with this in inert ability to understand everything (laughs) oh yeah definitely no (laughs) um but ludo bagman shows up and uh you know he's 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 coming up and he's like chatting with them you know and percy's like oh my gosh i don't like ludo but i want to shake his hand Mm -hmm. i don't know Here's what, yeah, here's what I'm very confused about. Yes. So Ludo Bagman used to be on like the, the England, England's Quidditch team or whatever, you know, and for some bizarre reason, he seems to be wearing his old Quidditch robes. Why? I don't know. (laughs) Why? Like, like, like Ludo Bagman is not the same size he was back then. Like, He's gained weight since then. It, it, they, like, they made that obvious in the writing. Like, oh, his his belly is much fuller than, you know, w- when he wore them, obviously. And so I'm just like, why is he wearing... Why is he wearing these robes at the World Cup when England's not in this at all? I don't know. I really... I can't tell you. I also think it's funny. Isn't Ludo Bagman also the one that um, Arthur actually introduces all of his kids to? Maybe? And he like mixes up Fred and George <laughs> slightly. Yeah, I could I could see that. I could like, see I'm being that. I'm pretty yeah. sure this is the guy that he introduces them to. 
And so yeah. I was like, oh, so no, like no one knew Ludo before this. They just knew of him <laughs> because of all of your chatting about him. Like, I guess, yeah. <laughs> like of all of the the ministry officials and stuff that they they know, they don't know Bagman. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, um, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. But I I do think it's entertaining that Bagman's like, oh, let's gamble over the cup. Let's go. <laughs> and right. and Arthur's like one galleon. And Bagman like is actually disappointed. And I was like, I mean, he doesn't have much money. He's poor. He can't yeah. gamble more than like a galleon probably anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And then, and then Fred and George are like, "Oh, let's go! <laughs> let's put our entire savings into this." They put all of their money into it, and yeah. they they say that they think Crumb is going to get the snitch, and but the other team is going to win or whatever. Yeah, yeah. They say. that's yeah. And Ireland's gonna Bagman, win, but Crumb's gonna get the snitch. Yeah, yeah. And Bagman's like, "You think Crumb's gonna get the snitch? Yeah, blah blah blah. Whatever." <laughs> yeah. But, he's, he's basically uh, just like uh, no but yeah okay. he doesn't think that's accurate but uh we find out later what's accurate and what's not mm-hmm. i don't know where that cat is <laughs> i don't know <laughs> but anyway <laughs> so he takes their he takes their uh their money and gives them a little ticket with like the information that they they said and and all that and how much money it was and stuff. So they actually have it in order to cash it in if they do win. Um, <laughs> yep. The heck. But okay, so something that I so this is when Crouch shows up or whatever, um, and like he looks like a muggle. But so my I don't I don't know. Mermish gobbledygook control our languages. I am curious about Barty Crouch because he speaks over 200 languages. Yeah. That's really impossible to learn, I feel like. I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily impossible. I think that if that actually is something that you have to do for your job, you probably could do it, especially if you're like, you've got the ability to learn languages easy because there are people out there who do, but. Yeah. No, that, I that think was that's the, crazy. <laughs> that was also my job. I was like, is his job just languages? I, which I don't think it is. I don't remember what his job actually is. I don't think it is. I don't I know don't what his so job either. is. I don't think so either. I don't know. Don't know. Hold on. I'm going to look him up. Okay. Okay. Let's see. Barty Crouch. I I do think it's interesting though that during like these conversations they have right here, um, they start talking about how they actually do think someone should go look for that lady who went missing in like Australia or wherever she went missing. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay. <laughs> oh, Maybe okay. She so, be found. <laughs> so Barty Crouch was the head of the Department of Magical Law Enforcement during the first Wizarding mm. War. And a candidate for the highest role. Minister for Minister of Magic. Okay. okay. He's a candidate for Minister. Uh, well, but... maybe that's why he knows all those languages. So that he can talk to other, like, uh, Oh, okay. So he was cast aside after the first Wizarding War and was put in charge of Department of International Magical there it is. Cooperation. International. 
Yep. There yeah, it is. is his job. The language thing is his job. So it yeah, is, he has yeah. to know them. I want to know more about this. <laughs> His job is languages, <laughs> just like you said. His, his job is languages. <laughs> yeah, um, interesting. I thought it was really interesting that he was incredibly good at looking like a muggle. Yeah, yeah, that is interesting. Maybe the rest of you should take notes from Barty Crouch, you know, mm-hmm. on the muggle thing, yeah. because y'all are you're really struggling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, okay, and then in this little little moment, they mention a slight possibility of something happening at Hogwarts, but they don't talk about what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, all right. Okay, then. But, um, but then, you know, Harry, Ron, and Hermione, like, everything starts getting rowdier as, like, the day progresses and stuff. And Harry, Ron, and Hermione go on their little field trip to get things. Can we back up a little? Yes. Sorry. Okay. All right. Going back to Barty Crouch. Okay. Uh, he mentions... I, I just thought this was interesting. He mentions how, uh, like, flying carpets are banned because oh, they've yeah. been deemed as muggle artifacts. And I was then curious about broomsticks. Because muggles use those too. That's a muggle artifact for That's sure. Muggle There's artifact, like, yeah, exactly. So, like, why are flying why are flying carpets banned, but broomsticks aren't? And it was also mentioned that carpets are like more family friendly than brooms are. And I was kind of like, well, I guess it, it makes sense that they were banned because brooms can be more dismissive, in my opinion, uh, when it comes to muggles. Like, if you see someone riding a broom in the sky, you might. Just think like, oh, that was a bird. Like, if you don't really look at it, you'd be like, oh, it was a bird. But if you see a carpet in the sky, you'll probably do a double take and wonder what you're looking at. Yes. But I also feel like they could probably put some sort of invisibility charm on the broomstick and whatever the contents of, or not broomstick, but the 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 carpet carpet. and whatever the contents of the carpet is. So then you wouldn't even see anything anyway. True. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why they're banning one mar- Muggle artifact and not the other. I don't know. I feel like it's all about <laughs> the size of it, though. In my opinion, probably, probably. I just think it's strange. Probably, <laughs> yeah, it is strange. But... Um, also, Barty Crouch mentions that they were organizing port keys across five continents, and I was really curious about because I, I, from what. From what my understanding of this sentence was, was that, uh, you know, Europe was included in this five continents. So what continents were not included? Like Antarctica, I assume, was not included. But which other well, one yeah. was not? Yeah, who are they cutting out? <laughs> who are they cutting out? Who's not allowed to come to the World Cup? <laughs> You're not invited. <laughs> You're not invited. You can't come here. <laughs> like what (laughs) yeah no i was just very confused i yeah i would not be able to tell you i can't even think of a continent they're not inviting yeah so i almost wonder if it was meant that if they meant uh like not including europe if if like europe is already counted and they're talking about like oh besides europe we were organizing port keys across these other continents. Yeah, but that's stupid. So I think it's just Joe not knowing how many continents there are. Yeah, I think it's her not knowing how to write. That for sure. But also, yeah. like you learn how many continents there are when you're young. <laughs> yes, you do. 
It's embarrassing if you say five when you mean six. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, that's fine, though. Whatever. It's fine. It's fine. It, it is what it is, you know? It's crazy that he was doing that, um, which definitely probably explains that the Ministry of Magic was the one organizing it this year. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so... Yeah, I guess, I guess I would just assume that they they switch off who organizes it each year. I would assume it's a yearly thing. I really still think it's probably a yearly thing. We just don't yeah. ever hear about it again. <laughs> it never comes back to <laughs> Europe, or at least to the UK. Okay, but the wouldn't they... World. See, that's my problem, though, because wouldn't Harry still want to go if he loves Quidditch as much as he does? Right, right. Yeah, you would think that he, you would hear some mention of it again later in the books, like, oh, maybe in, like, two years it's coming to France or something. Like, oh, wouldn't you love to go, Harry? Mm -hmm. It's just in France. It's not that far away. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Don't know. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity. <sighs> apparently. Crazy. <laughs> um, but the no magic rule doesn't last super long. Mm-hmm. As uh we see lots and lots of instances of people using magic. Yes, including Ministry of Magic officials that are apparating and disapparating there. Yes. Yes. Constantly. Like, what? <laughs> Which is not allowed, but it's fine, I guess. Whatever. It's fine. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, who cares? Uh, and that's that's where you're, but what about the muggles? <laughs> what about the muggles? <laughs> um, but yeah, so now it's like it's like nighttime. It's time for Quidditch to start. And um, this is this is when Harry, Ron, and Hermione are walking around getting their little souvenirs and snacks and whatever ready to go so they can go watch. And um, I thought it was really funny because Ron does buy his little crumb figurine thingy and this guy comes by selling omnioculars, which yeah. let you basically do like instant replays and stuff. So so basically what you would see if you were watching like a football game on TV or whatever. Um, and it lets you rewind, fast forward, all of that. And <laughs> maybe not fast forward, or but fast forward if you rewind. Probably. If you rewind, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you can get to where it's like live again or something, which is super yeah. weird. But anyway. <laughs> I want to know how they work, to be honest. I do, too. <laughs> but but Ron's like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sad. I, like, spent my money already. And Harry's like, oh, it's fine. I'll get it. And he orders, like, three pairs. And and both Ron and Hermione are like, you don't have to do that. And he's like, no, nah, I got this. Just just yeah. be prepared for me to not give you Christmas presents for the next few years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I thought that was weird because it's like, oh, yeah, they're 10 galleons each. Yeah. And Harry said Ron's not getting anything for Christmas for about 10 years because of this. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, how... How does your money work? Yeah, I was like, how much is that then? Like, yeah, how, how much is 10 these? galleons? Explain. <laughs> I'm Come curious on. what the conversion is. Same, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I do feel like those would be really interesting. Um, I yeah. think it's fascinating that the Wizarding World has different types of glasses, like spectrospects and omnioculars and uh, whatever yeah. else they come up with. So, you yeah. know. You know. I don't know. I feel like it would be interesting to so hear weird. about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
but if you have anything else go for it because i'm good that was my last comment just like well okay i guess kind of my last comment is like when did harry get more money out of gringotts if like these things are so expensive you know i think he just magically has money always (laughs) joe doesn't ever talk about him going back to the bank so he he withdrew all of his money in the first year and he but just he didn't to have I know, I know, that's the thing. So like where when does he go back to Gringotts? Like he like Okay, he okay, so he could have done it before third year because he did yeah. end up in Diagon Alley. That's true. He had a lot of time there. Maybe he did he had it a lot while of time. he had like his three weeks of like freedom. I feel like at that point though, he would have he maybe would have had a better understanding of how wizarding money works and probably wouldn't have withdrawn enough for two years. Yeah. Probably not. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know either. Um, Oh, what was I going to say? I don't know. I don't remember. That's fine. Um, I I also feel like they need to get new robes. Yeah. Yeah, probably. I mean, you know, they're not 11-year-olds anymore, so. Yeah. So, like, I. Yeah. Unless their robes grow with them. Oh, that'd be interesting. I I don't think so, but. I don't think so either. That would be interesting. That would be interesting. But. Something to think about. Yeah. Yeah, All right, well, that's all I got. That's (laughs) all I got. (laughs) Same. That's the end of chapter seven. So much more confused than I was when I finished reading. It's fine. Uh, You're welcome. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) You're you're welcome. I. I, You're the worst. I I was just very confused. I had a lot of questions. (laughs) I was too. Oh my gosh, but um, yeah. So. Yeah, it is. Join join the Discord. Come hang out. Yeah, join the Discord. Come hang out. Um, that's it. <laughs> that's all that is indeed it. <laughs> yes. Uh, be sure to review us on like Spotify and yeah. iTunes and all that fun stuff. Give us a rating. A rating. Party it up. Give us some us. comments. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to us. Talk to us. But. So, I guess we should keep it magical! (laughs) Hey guys, we um, wanted to go ahead and add this to the end and let y'all know that, yes, our Discord used to be Patreon exclusive, um, but we're thinking we are now going to go ahead and open it up so anyone can join. And in there, we have, like, different areas where you can, like, chat about the series or whatever, your ideas and feedback, and just, like, general Discord whatever chaos. (laughs) Discord fun times. Yeah, all those things. So um, if you want to go ahead and join that, we will go ahead and add the link to the description in the show notes. And we'll have, like, a social media post for it as well. Yeah, we'd love to interact with you guys, and we think that opening up the Discord server to everyone is going to be so much fun, because then we can all actually chat together, and we can share all of our fun memes. So come join us in Discord. It'll be great. (laughs) Do it. Join us.
We hope you enjoyed this episode of Books, Movies, and Musicals Oh My. If you'd like to connect with us, be sure to check us out on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and Facebook at BMM Oh My. Be sure to check out our website at bmmohmy.wixsite.com slash home. And check us out on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash bmmohmy. You can email us at books.movies.and.musicals.ohmy at gmail.com. Our socials, website, Patreon, and email address can be found in the description of this episode. Thank you all so much for listening. If you liked this episode, be sure to share it with your friends and family and even random strangers on the street. We can't wait to talk with you all next week. Bye! Bye.